0: Hey everyone, welcome to our podcast. I'm Arlo. I'm Kelly, and you're listening to Crazy Hexy Ghoul podcast about everything from the peculiar, the curious, to the bizarre. So join us as we obsess over ghosties and shit. Did you say ghosties and shit? Hell yeah, I did. Okay, you guys, shit's about to get real. Hi. guys welcome back to another episode i am your co-host arlo kelly is out this week she sends her deepest apologies she's got a lot of stuff going on i know we've all got all kinds of crazy shit going on also we apologize for all the radio silence like i said busiest time of the year we're all just trying to get through the holidays and stuff like that but kelly and i have so much content for you guys We cannot wait for you to hear it. All the spooky, weird, creepy, crimey stuff. It's coming up. I promise you that. You guys, it's that time of year where we can actually talk about Christmas. Do you guys want to talk about Christmas? Because I fucking want to talk about Christmas. And I know for a fact that if Kelly were here, she would be all about talking about Christmas too. But don't you guys worry. I guarantee we will be talking about Christmas in the next episode. That is a promise. That's going to happen. So is anyone else out there feeling a little blue this Christmas season? Like, kind of feeling a little uh, bah humbug. Is that just me? If you are feeling bah humbug, I just want to let you know you're not alone. And this guy over here is definitely feeling a little blue. You know, I think a part of that is just because the past few years have been so rough for everyone. That it is kind of hard to get into the spirit. But I will tell you this. I do have my tree up. All the ornaments are up. I've got a lot of my decor up. I do not have my Christmas lights up yet, but I'm trying. I also just want to give a shout out to my partner for being very patient with me through this time of year while I'm going through my bah humbug phase. Thank you very much for putting up with it. So. Are you one of those people that's already gotten all your gifts picked out, bought for all your family, wrapped under the tree, looking pretty, just ready to go for Christmas day or or whichever day your family can get together to celebrate? If so, good for you. Congratulations. All the rest of you out there, you're not alone. I'm like 80% done with Christmas, but like, it's hard. It's hard to pick presents for people. I try to buy gifts for people based on their like personality and what they like, but I realize that that's probably not as realistic that like people just want stuff that's practical they can use and stuff. All the stuff that they could probably buy for themselves, but know that like a parent figure or a parent or a spouse, partner, whatever will probably buy those things for them if they're like, hey, I just want socks or like cash or someone to pay all my bills or or even like those little chocolate coins that you get every year. That's a tradition in my family I've had since I was a wee little one. (laughs) A fun little stocking tradition to pass down to the kids. Which I'm not the most traditional person in the world, but I think some traditions are fun to pass down to your kids. What are some traditions that you hope to pass down to them one day? If you want to tell us, email us at crazyhexyghoul at gmail.com. Or if you're feeling real ballsy, just send us a DM on Instagram where we are Crazy Podcast. Yeah. Just fill it up. Fill them up, ma'am. And um, tell us all of the fun traditions you plan to pass on to your kids if you ever decide to have kids. Now, just want to let you know, society says you must have kids, but like you don't ever have to have kids if you don't want to. That's for you to decide. Your future, your life, your body, your choice, right? Also, it's okay to fucking have fur babies. Yeah, you may not have given birth to your fur babies, but if I'm being honest, there's not much difference between the two. So just live your best life and do you. And don't let society get you down and make you feel guilty for not having kids. It's not your lot in life to have children. And that's fucking okay. You are still worthy of this life just because you didn't do that thing. And just in case no one has told you lately, you are loved. So I have a question for you guys. Does anyone else have a Christmas mug collection that they bring out every year? Or is that just me? Because I absolutely love to collect Christmas mugs, especially after Christmas when you get the ones at the thrift stores that are like, I don't know, 20 cents a mug or something like that. Am I in this addiction alone? Because I have so many coffee mugs that it would only seem right to have a Christmas coffee mug collection. Uh, yikes. (laughs) Now that we're all like full of cheer and shit. Let's get this fucking show started. In the late 19th century, the holidays were often thought of as a time of cheer. Traditionally, people gave gifts at New Year's, but with the surge in popularity and importance of Christmas, the tradition was moved. Like many Victorian Christmas traditions, presents began modest. For example, fruits, nuts, sweets, and little handmade gifts were hung on the tree. If you're anything like me, you'll love handmade gifts. They would decorate their fresh-cut evergreen trees with beads, tinsel, paper ornaments, and jewelled baubles. Queen Victoria's husband, Prince Albert, helped to make the Christmas tree as popular in Britain as they were in his native Germany. He brought one to the Windsor Castle in the eighteen forties. The majority of the Christmas drawings I've seen from around this time typically show a family standing around a table with a Christmas tree on top of it, which Personally, I find it interesting because in modern times, people typically put their trees on the ground. In 1846, London sweet maker Tom Smith created Christmas crackers. The original idea was to wrap his sweets in a twist of fancy colored paper, but this developed and it sold much better when he added little love notes, paper hats, and small toys and made them go bang. This is something in my family that has made a tradition in the later years. The kids and the adult kids at heart love them a lot. It was without a doubt and still is a lovely time to spend with family. If you are without family, this Christmas holiday or any holiday, just know that we are with you and we care about you. So other traditions in the Victorian era include hanging mistletoe, and people would often attend these kissing balls. Uh, People would sing Christmas carols and they would send out Christmas cards and stuff like that. You know, and most of those traditions are still carried out to this day. Along with all of that cheer came some Christmas crime. And maybe it's possible that that is why some of the Christmas cards have dead birds displayed on them. I have a few stories to tell about some crimes that had happened on Christmas. These stories come from the website waywardwomen.com. 28-year-old Rebecca Porter began working as a domestic servant for a Mr. and Mrs. Harris in July 1864. Mrs. Harris began to suspect that Rebecca was pregnant in October of that year because she wore such a large petticoat. Rebecca refused to not wear her petticoat, stating she would rather leave employment than to do so. On Christmas Day, Rebecca refused to join the other servants for morning chores due to what she called a bilious attack, but Rebecca was in fact giving birth to her illegitimate son alone in her room. Immediately after delivering her child, Rebecca went downstairs to eat Christmas dinner with her fellow servants in a desperate endeavor to avert suspicion. Unfortunately, a court heard from witnesses her agony was only too evident and the truth was discovered. Rebecca had strangled her son almost immediately after birth, but then attempted to wash her child and wrap it in a cloth, placing it in one of her storage boxes. Rebecca begged her mistress to allow her to bury her child and return to work, but surprisingly, mrs Harris refused and sent instead for the police. Rebecca underwent two trials at the Old Bailey, one for murder and the other for concealing a birth a common lesser charge often favored for cases of infanticide. However, despite significant evidence to suggest Rebecca had purposely concealed her pregnancy, that she had made no provisions for the child's life, intending for some time to kill it. The very obvious evidence of the injury to her son, she was found not guilty and set free from court. On Christmas Eve, an almost identical case was brought against Martha Rogers. In 1850, she left her employer's house in Surrey, looking very unwell. She took with her nothing but a box and a few other personal effects. The box contained the body of her deceased illegitimate child that she had given birth to in secret in her master's home. Martha then attempted to dispose of the child's body by mailing the box to an unknown address. The package was traced back to her, but at trial, she, like Rebecca, was also acquitted of murder. These next few stories come from a website called jerrywalton.com. In 1894, 39-year-old Edmund Kesteven was indicted for the murder of 40-year-old Sarah Ann Oldman on Christmas morning. Kestevin was a former professional cricketer turned framework knitter who had lived with Oldman for about four years after her husband had left her for America. According to the Blackbird Standard, it reads, Shortly after midnight on Christmas Eve, Mrs. Oldman left a neighbor's house, went home, and was heard to fasten her door. However, a little after midnight, when she entered the house of her sister, Mrs. Dove, who lived on the same street, Mrs. Oldman's face, neck, and nightdress were covered in blood. She did not speak, but sank into a chair and then on the floor and died in a few minutes. Mr. Dove had earlier gone to bed, but when he heard the commotion, he rushed downstairs and found his bloodied sister-in-law lying on the hearthrug. He then charged over Kestevin's house, kicked at the door, and Kestevin calmly opened it. Dove said, What have you done, Ted? And Kesteven replied, I have done it, and I'm not going to deny it. Upstairs in the room, you will find something I have done it with. Dove then took Kesteven to his house, where he admitted the crime to the present, adding that Oldman had deceived him and that he had cut her throat. The police were informed and took Kesteven into custody. Later, they located a broken razor in the bedroom that he had used in the murder. His defense at trial was insanity, and some fellow cricketeers raised money to help him with his court cost. Of course they fucking did. However, the jury decided he was not insane, but rather uncommonly jealous. They found him guilty and sentenced him to death. He was hanged on March 26, 1895 at Nottingham. Serves you fucking right. Damn. Why did he have to kill her though? Like what? One horrible Christmas crime in the Victorian era occurred on Christmas Eve and happened at the house on Hodgkin Street in Sunderland in Tyne and Ware, England. The victim was a fifty year old woman named Elizabeth Taylor, not the Queen Elizabeth Taylor, don't be confused, who was found with her skull split open, evidently with a hatchet, in the backyard of number seven Hodgkin Street on Christmas morning. She had last been seen about 1 a.m. drunk and sitting on the front steps. Girl up in there. When the inquest was held a few days later, a tenant identified an axe police found at his house but also denied that it had been removed from a cupboard or used in the night in question. Tests done on the axe showed no blood on it. With no evidence, the jury returned a verdict of murder against some person or persons unknown. Well that sucks. In 1890, a man named John Healy of Kilworth appeared at the Michaelstown police station in blood-stained clothing and was taken into custody. According to the Bolton Evening News, the prisoner, somewhat under the influence of drink and who was barefooted, called at the police station on Wednesday night and stated that his wife had been murdered on her way home to Kilworth. Police proceeded to check out his story and found his wife, Bridget, also drunk and nearly dead, lying near the roadway with her clothes covered in blood. She had been beaten and kicked. Police also quickly discovered the weapon used against her. It was Healy's wooden shoes with metal plates. The battered Bridget was taken to Mitchelson's workhouse and expired shortly thereafter. So this guy really did not remember killing his wife. But then they go to the scene of the crime. And she's been killed with his shoe. This poor woman, I swear to God. All right, you guys, I think that's it for me today. I know that a lot of crime has happened in this time period. And there's just so much, it's hard to cover it all. If you have any stories that you want to tell us about this time period, uh, around Christmas time and those sort of things, please feel free to email us and stuff like that. We would like to hear from you. We hope you guys stay tuned for our next episode. Kelly will be back. And we're going to probably talk about more Christmas stuff. Thank you guys for listening, and um, have a good day. The music in this podcast is by the band The Daddios. This is Kelly, and I'm Marlo, and you're listening to Crazy Hexy Ghoul. We'll see you next time. Is this it? Is this the end? Bye. Mm-hmm.